Hey, this is Sarah and Jess, and we're here to talk about why our brains are such a mess. We're just two bipolar babes shouting out what everybody is so hush-hush about. So let's get into it with today's episode. Hey, Jessica. Hey, Sarah. What's up? What's new in your life? It's uh, lockdown part I don't know, five or something with uh, Tantra Fitness, my pool studio. So I have just been in the house, like, I don't know, just doing not a whole lot. And I was about to kind of finish up the training for 101 and, and become certified and hopefully like be on the sub list and potentially, you know, teach classes. And like then on my birthday, <laughs> everything shut down. Uh, so I was like pretty, that made me kind of sad and overwhelmed um, because that was my sort of goal. That's what's been going on with me. What about you? What's new with you? What's going on? Um, Nothing much. I am still a uh, bipolar type one, um, stable though, uh, which is good. That's what my doctor has written down on the forms, I guess. Um, And still going to school, business school. Um, I am going to be doing core DBT. So I have only taken one class this summer, which is huge for me. Um, Mm. Going from like five classes to to three and then to one. And I'm like, oh my gosh, but I'm actually like, I'm so excited because this is like a really special time in my life where I can um, just focus on myself and focus on healing and growing and learning these skills. And yeah, DBT. I had an ableist uh, instructor tell me that we can train our brains to go faster because he gave us 30 seconds per multiple choice question. And when I had disclosed in class that I had a mental illness, um, he proceeded to tell me that though I had a mental illness, I could still train my brain to go faster. After I said, I actually can't do that. I have a mental illness. Um, he disregarded what I said and told me to train my brain to go faster. So um, I'm in a bit of a war right now with this instructor. I, I wrote a very snarky reflection paper. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I talked yeah. to accessibility about it. So, and I, I like I said, I said to you when, when I, when I heard that that's what your professor said, I am just like, okay, can I quote you? Yeah, you can, you can literally can quote, quote me. Yeah, I can quote you right now. I I got, this is the text that I got from Sarah. It says, voices can be trained, but that doesn't mean anyone can sing like Beyonce. You can build muscle and still not be able to be a weightlifter. Saying you can train or change your brain is like saying you can get more in shape. Therefore, everyone should be expected to run a marathon, including people with broken legs. And I was like, yes, this. I wanted to like... <laughs> I wanted to like cry when I read that. I was like, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, former me, for being more um, <laughs> understandable than current me. What, what, was the, what was the time thing again? 30 seconds per multiple choice question. The multiple choice question is a paragraph with five oh different answers. Yeah. I can't read. Yeah. If that's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh. He can... He can suck it anyways mm-hmm. let us do the scale because we have some stuff to talk about the scale yeah, yeah yeah okay so you you have some information you want to share I do so guys 
I got my papers from my um, psychiatrist and I know they're like confidential. Yeah, whatever. I'm sharing it with you guys, all my fellow listeners. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have BPD traits and I had no idea that I had borderline traits. Um, I didn't even really like, I didn't fully understand what borderline was. Um, I did a lot of research on it and I realized that a lot of what I was considering rapid cycling um, after talking to my doctor was actually, uh, could have actually just been borderline traits because when I have a lot of energy and then I crash or I'm like really, really happy. And then like in a switch of a second, I'm like very, very upset or sad. Um, it's actually how I'm dealing with things in my environment. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't always necessarily my mood disorder. So talking about the scale, when we say, are you depressed or are you hyper or are you manic is very difficult for me to now, um, Skill myself. Yeah. 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 Because like, uh, rapid cycling is not within a day. It's like, it's like within a week or yeah. Um, a few weeks, month for me, it used to be like, I think within a week or so, but that's like the, it's not, it's not that within a day change that is definitely more associated with, with borderline, which is also something that I have been diagnosed with. And I, I haven't talked about it on this podcast. I mean, I've been kind of diagnosed with it, which is a, which is a whole story, but yeah, um, that's what DBT is actually created for is to treat, um, borderline. So it's mm-hmm. partially so, why I love it. Yeah. So I have rapid cycling and I also have, um, borderline traits, which means that yes, I have this like rapid cycling of like by week, et cetera, but then on top of it all, to add to my little Sunday, uh, sprinkle on some sprinkles of um, environmental factors that make my mood change uh, quite drastically sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. And also I wanted to add something, um, which was that, um, I don't know about you, but like, I haven't been rapid cycling since I've been pretty stably medicated, which is why when I answer, I usually say like five or four, because mm-hmm. of course I still do experience some, some depression and, and some of it is to do with, well, actually, oh gosh, I, I can't, I can get into this, but my, I don't know, my counselor um, actually requested that I get screened for ADHD. So there's like, there's just so many other things happening, but like, so there's other reasons why I would be falling into depression. Um, so I haven't been rapid cycling since I've been treated is what I want yeah. to say. Um, yeah. Yeah. I haven't, um, I, it turns out I haven't either given the, after reading what I read, um, it was more uh, borderline traits than anything else, but I did definitely experience rapid cycling um, last summer very, yeah. in- very intensely. Um, and then I think I might have experienced rapid cycling um, when I wanted to run away from everything um, mm-hmm. during that time frame. I'm sure Sarah and a few people who are listening know. Um, there was definitely I- times when I was like, this feels like hypomania and you were that you were there for a few days, I think, um, yeah. a while ago, not mm-hmm. now. It was a while mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. 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 But I think it's, I think I'm going to thank goodness for core DBT because I have to relearn a lot about myself. Now, what I thought was hypomania is, could be 
BPD traits. And now I'm like, what is my bipolar? What is my BPD? What am I? What is yeah. that? I will. I, uh, I guess like, so hypomania is, is, it's, it is a lot about energy. It is a lot about not sleeping. Um, there is like euphoria. Um, there is, uh, you know, there's, there's taking risks. There's that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think with, with BPD, um, I mean, you will feel like, like, I don't want to classify hypomania as happy is what I really want to say. No, but, it's not. But if you could be hypomanic and angry. Yeah. But if with, with, um, BPD, I think you are, you're experiencing intense emotions. So not mood yes. states, but emotions. So you'll be really, really happy, or you'll be really, really angry, or you'll be really, really sad. And, and that is the difference. I think the difference between like sad and depression and like and like happy and hypomania is one that um, is it's it can be difficult to to parse out, especially if you have a bunch of things happening at once. Yes, yeah, definitely. And I think it, it's very environmental too, right? Like, yes. like previously, like having too much on my plate, and mm-hmm. obviously that's gonna make anyone very emotional. And um, it's very, yeah, it's very environmental, I would have to say. So uh, maybe let's try to do the scale of one to 10 in terms of like, should okay. we do it? Yeah, where, I have where an idea. Do it? Okay. I have an idea and I don't know if this is gonna be cool or not, but okay. I think that we should trade off and make the scale of one to 10 different every single time. But like, it's the same vibe of like low sadness, low energy or high happiness, whatever, blah, 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 that kind of vibe. But I think that we sh- it could be fun and creative if, if it's like today I'm going to do the scale and it's like on a scale of one to 10 where one is wishing that you'd never been born and staring at a wall and 10 is um, skipping around and singing songs about rainbows and feeling like a Disney princess, right? But that doesn't have to be our our, our scale for every time. I just think we should swap it, right? Can I have the biggest smile on my face right now if you, you guys can't see, but yeah. can that be today's? Yes, yeah, yeah, right? I'm a nine. I woke <laughs> up this morning and I don't know if anyone listens to Frozen 2, but I was like, and I was like, yes, the day has begun. It's raining, but I'm going to wear actual clothes today. And I talked to our mutual friend, Jenna, and I think we like sang a quarter of our conversation, like sang it in like Disney princess tune. Um, yeah. So that's where I'm at. Like actually, so where are you at today? Um, I, I think that I'm at a we changed the scale I'm still at a four but that's like yeah I think like I'm definitely not at like I'm not lying on the floor I'm like I got up I did the thing we're meeting like yes um you know getting the stuff done but I still think like this whole um shutdown and stuff has has brought me down a little yeah. like and, and like the fact that I'm not doing my regular coping things like um I think that is I can feel it uh, in my body and also Greg got a got a job which is good but it just means not home very much so so mm. I'm alone a lot um so yeah I still think that I'm a four on on the scale from 
uh, Wishing You Were Never Born to uh, Disney Princess on a Rainbow. Yeah. Well, let us get you there. <laughs> yeah, I don't now know. If I'm like I... very determined to be like, I'm just going to keep singing at you and you're yeah. going to feel it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that that might work. <laughs> I should probably watch Frozen 2 or something. Um, yes, it's so dark. It's so good. It's, it is, it is good. Um, so good. And Better than the first. I don't care I, what anyone says. Yeah. I know. It's, yeah. I, yeah. I liked the first one better, but don't tell anyone. <gasps> I'm sorry. Oh the God. first time I saw Frozen 1 and like when the true love was the sister, uh, sisterly love, spoilers for Frozen 1. Um, I cried and I was just like, I was just like, this is so fucking awesome. Like, I, like, this is what, girls need to see and like yeah. I was like I'm kind of gonna call my sister right now like, oh sisters sisters yeah sisters let there is actually it kind of weird how it kind of pulled over to sisters because today oh yeah we are interviewing twins, twins. <laughs> <laughs> take it away Two guests today. Two. Oh my god. <laughs> hey. Oh. Um, so we have Anna and Maria from the Bipolar Bicoastal podcast on today, and we are so excited about it. Um, so excited. Yes. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you of for course. having us. So yes. you're going to have so many um, pun opportunities with this pole dancing teaching, like the bipolar dancing teacher. Yeah. I'm just like, very excited. I am oh, yeah. not the only per- I'm Someone else is already doing that on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Love her. Fuckers. Hopefully she's listening. The Get her on this show. Know, right? <laughs> what yeah. are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, we should definitely have her on the show. Um, but yes, it is I, I, hopefully something I can bring up in, in class to be an icebreaker or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> just put it out there as like a <laughs> casual icebreaker. <laughs> that. <laughs> I tried to do an icebreaker like that for my class and I was like, hi, I'm bipolar. <laughs> We're like, Oh, um, I'm proud of you. <laughs> my that. favorite movie is Dazed and Confused. Yeah. <laughs> when I was 12, I went to Austria. Two trips in a lie. I love baking yeah. sourdough. I have a twin sister and I'm bipolar. Which one? Everyone's like, hopefully that one. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so you guys both have bipolar disorder as well as it maybe is apparent by your podcast name and um it's we are fascinated um I'm sure that being twins you guys have a lot of people fascinated with you I, I don't know but um yeah <laughs> I, like I feel like Jessica didn't you tell your doctor that we were doing this podcast oh, yeah and guys like, okay so my psychiatrist like no pressure but my psychiatrist might listen to this episode because I was like I was like yeah he's like how's your podcast doing I'm like you know it's going really well I'm like we have like bipolar bicoastal and they're going to be on our podcast and he's like who, who are they I'm like oh bipolar twins like one twin has bipolar type one the other one has bipolar type two and he's like that is fascinating and I'm like <laughs> 
like, I know, like you should listen to their podcast. And anyways, he was, oh he was rooting. Yeah. He was, he was so excited wow. for this podcast. So. A new, a new Canadian fan. A, yeah. um, I'm yeah. a Hi, if you're listening, Jess's doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, should we, should we tell the audience which one of us is which? Please do. Yes. Is that okay? Yes. Oh, yeah. Take the take the. We just have gotten feedback that we do have similar voices. Shockingly. (laughs) Shocking. Um. But yeah, I'm Anna. I have bipolar one. Um. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. She also works on a sexual assault crisis hotline. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. I'm Maria. I have bipolar two, and I am a reality TV associate producer. And we also are the co-hosts of Bipolar by Coastal, a podcast about having bipolar disorder. Um, <laughs> amazing. And also you guys live in different places, right? Yeah, you do. I live in, we're both from the States. I live in um, Baltimore, Maryland, which is near Washington, D.C. Yeah, and I'm obviously from Maryland, but now I live in Los Angeles, California because okay. of TV. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) when you're a musician, a lot of people are like, So, when are you moving to LA? (laughs) And I guess I'm like, (laughs) Never? I don't know. Yeah. Well, if you're ever here. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Jessica, I interrupted you. Um, No, I was going to say, I think like when the first thing I thought when we were talking uh, to you guys on your guys' podcast, and I was thinking this during that podcast and I also wanted to bring it up here is growing up with someone who has bipolar disorder but then also having bipolar disorder yourself such a challenge I mean (laughs) I mean Sarah and I we have bipolar in our family lineage um so we've had to experience having bipolar disorder and also you know like being around people with bipolar disorder but when it's your like twin mm-hmm. I'm assuming your other your other person your best friend growing up you know I'm just assuming twins are best friends growing up you know Mary we were, were yes yeah. <laughs> all that, but we were for sure yeah. yeah like I'm just like assuming like that switch when you start to go through your um mental health crises mm-hmm. and and all of that and how were you guys there to support each other and who like were you guys diagnosed at the same time who's diagnosed first and I would just love to hear more about like yeah that that's your, just so your like, stories your your yeah, yeah. that's totally yeah that's and if you want to start yeah, yeah I can speak a lot to it so um so the weird thing was is that we're the only people in our family that we know of who have bipolar disorder so like it wow. wasn't like growing up that we had like a family history of it or anything mm-hmm. like that that we know of um but we did like have um like I was the first person and I wasn't diagnosed until I was 20 two 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 yeah back in 2017 um but I had had depression for a while and that was something that we were familiar with in our family but like the bipolar part of it didn't manifest itself in a way that was visible until I was 22 years old and that's when I got the bipolar diagnosis like I had originally been diagnosed with um unipolar depression Mm -hmm. like like general depression and then Mm -hmm. put on Zoloft and that triggered like a hypermanic episode and then I was hospitalized Mm -hmm. in um like like three or four months after I started Zoloft so um 
that was like the first time her family had experienced that. It was really scary for everyone. Yeah. Um, but it was like that year between, and then Maria was diagnosed like a year and a half later. And so like, that year in between myself being diagnosed and Maria being diagnosed was probably like the hardest year of like our friendship slash sistership because there was this huge part of my identity that was now so different from Maria yeah um and like Maria hadn't even really experienced depression before like the no not not at all yeah not at all so like there it had already been a thing kind of where like that was hard for her to understand like she like she was so helpful like we went to college and then she was so helpful in terms of like holding me accountable and like being there for me but I felt like I had to lie a lot about what I was going through in order to like kind of cover up what was happening yeah um and then it got even harder once like the bipolar happened and then Bri, you can like maybe speak to like how much you did not want that to be part of like your identity at all yeah so I got diagnosed again was saying a year and a half later so 20 spring of 2018 pretty calm and I started speeding up and having my first and only at this point hypomanic episode um in the spring of 2018 you know spring madness and because Anna has bipolar one her manic episode looked a lot different from my hypomanic episode so I was able to kind of like convince myself in my head that I wasn't actually like having a, a hypomanic episode and I wasn't bipolar and because I hadn't had any sort of like depression prior to this I'd like I had gone to therapy before, but that was like mostly for anxiety. Um, because I'd had like one or two panic attacks prior to that. Um, um, but anyway, so like I didn't want to be my diagnosis. I recognized what was happening, but I kind of like justified it to myself. Like yeah. I was I and I I knew intimately at that point what the symptoms were because and I had gone through it and I had been, we had been living in the same place and I had been like in a lot of ways, like kind of her like go-to person, like primary care giver, kind of like we've always been that for each other in our family where it's like, if Anna's going through something, I'm explaining to the rest of our family what's going on. If if I'm going through something, Anna's explaining to the rest of our family what's going on. So like in a way, I think if I had had my episode first and I had gotten that diagnosis like yes it's scary but I don't think it would have been as like scary or hard for me to accept if I hadn't seen Anna go through hers because in my mind like it was a really quite difficult thing to go through and I had only seen a full-on manic episode so like and yeah, I like really I didn't and then, and stuff. yeah and then you also know the factor of depression is coming too so like I really didn't obviously want to like be depressed yeah. and then when I did eventually crash and come down and have my first and so far only depressive episode like that's when I accepted the diagnosis because I really wanted help and it was so ob- it was just so obvious like I remember I was in the I was in the hospital for strep throat um, because I like wasn't taking care of my body or sleeping or anything. And um, that's when I came down and I was talking to Anna and I was like, I just like hate my body. And I like, I'm like, so like, I'm, so, I'm just like, so down and I don't know what's going on. And she's like, it sounds like maybe, I don't know if this sounds right. She's like being so careful because like all of my manic episodes, she'd be like, I don't know, maybe you might be manic. And I was like, no. And, like, really bad. So bad. Like, and then when, and then she was like, I think maybe you might be going through a depression. And I was like, 
oh, that means I was mad at her. <laughs> like, damn. Oh, yeah. my God. And it was, yeah. like, really hard because when she was manic and I would be like, hey, like, maybe something to consider, she'd be like, I could never be that. Like, that would be the worst thing in the world. I'd be like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, <laughs> my, that's the worst, my, right? My reality is, like, yeah. the worst case scenario. And obviously, it's because, like, you were manic. You know, like, it wasn't like, yeah. you wouldn't have said that if you were, like, weren't. But, you're like, you know, your people are so brutal totally. and they're manic. And I was like, okay, uh-huh. yeah, fun. <laughs> it's like an animal like backed into the corner like and it was really difficult to get maria help because of that because like for me it was like like our family was like you need to be in the hospital and i didn't want to be in the hospital but like that's a actually longer story and i was taken forcibly like by the police but like mm-hmm. it was like obvious that i needed help with maria she felt so good the whole time so it was like a little bit different yeah 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 so, i mean because i so i i have bipolar type two and it took me way longer than than Jessica to to be maybe not diagnosed but to like accept the diagnosis like bipolar disorder type two was thrown around a lot like Mm -hmm. but also I was like that no (laughs) I really yeah Yeah. I definitely like especially when you're in like a hypomanic state which is quite nice (laughs) it's just like quite a nice place to be and you you don't want you don't want to think that this is um like this roller coaster kind of thing is going to be a reality but yeah that's uh, that's yeah fascinating oh my goodness it's also kind of like i think just like from personal experience i don't know if like you guys can relate to this but when you already have someone in your life or someone that you know that has bipolar and you've seen those ups and downs and then someone turns to you and says oh yeah you have that too you're like no <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, it like when you're the second yeah. person, you're like, nah, yeah. nah, nah. Like, really? no yeah. way. Like, uh, really? But I mean, <laughs> they told me so many times in high school, like, yeah, dude, you're bipolar. And I'm like, yeah. no. But um, <laughs> yeah. even like, and I was telling Sarah in this last episode that we um, recorded, and I was telling our friend Jenna, I just all of a sudden, I was like, I'm so angry that I'm bipolar. I don't know if you guys ever felt that way, but some days you just wake up and you're like, I'm angry. Like, yeah, I've accepted my diagnosis, but that doesn't mean I'm like, cool. I have bipolar. Like, I'm like like, angry about it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Like a lot of like blessings from it, but like mostly like it just kind of sucks. I recently joined like a bunch of um, bipolar groups on Facebook, which like do and don't recommend doing that because a lot of the posts are like, (laughs) just join our group yeah you could join our group (laughs) but um but like it's a lot of um the the bigger ones a lot of people who are at different stages and like in accepting or being okay with their diagnosis and it's a lot of just like I gained weight on medication so I'm gonna go off of it and you're just like oh no (laughs) like this is like it just or people being like I like constantly like you know have these like huge ups and downs in my life but I'm also the happiest ever when I'm manic and you're just like ah like it just must be so hard to be in that person's life and like so like with the diagnosis it definitely is like I was I was just so I was so furious of course you are but but also for me it was like because I had had depression for so long before that and I never had like a fun manic episode it was also like kind of a huge relief to be like okay so you're saying like if I just take this medication and like hopefully fingers crossed not for a while will I be dealing with this again but like you know you speak to people who have had like 
just their whole lives have been in and out of hospitals and you're just like fuck is that me like is that what it's gonna be mm-hmm. the rest of my life and like it's so unfair that like I have to take medication like every mm-hmm. single day or else mm-hmm. I can't fucking sleep like you just have to be like so much more responsible than everyone else in your peer group is how it feels at least to me and everyone else has like so much more of an opinion like in my family at oh least my like, what you're doing yes. being like are yeah. you sure you're doing this are you sure you're like, you're like god like no one else's like doctor's visits get like checked up on as much as mine do and yeah. like things like that and I just I definitely resented it for a while I still do yeah. but it's a little bit it's as it's like gone on it's loosened up a little bit but it's just like I wish that I could just be in control of my own life and unfortunately like given the diagnosis like it's not just a you thing anymore like other mm-hmm. people have to end up taking care of you when things go wrong and like yeah. that's really hard to accept like you can't really be an like, independent woman person, like, as independent as yeah destiny yes. child like yes so I, which, like, sucks, but. yeah yeah I, but my biggest fair. fear was that like I was talking to my doctor who might be listening um and I was like I'm scared and the whole part about me getting a case manager and everything like that was I can't be an independent individual I can't live by myself if something happened to Nolan and I was by myself and I had no family or anything like that like I don't know I don't know what that looks like for me um you just can't picture it or you can picture it and it's very very scary Um, so that's so good that we all have those people that check in on us and though it is annoying a little bit but (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah totally and I'm so so Anna because you were on Zoloft and and like I Mm -hmm. I was on a lot of um SSRIs before I was like super (sighs) super diagnosed I don't know before I was diagnosed by a psychiatrist (laughs) so I totally understand like if you'd only experienced depression other than like um instead of rapid cycling um that that being like, okay, the reason why this medication didn't work, there's like a scientific reason. And now right. we have yeah. a better medication choice. I could see how that could be like, okay, good. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I resisted medication for so long in my depression because I didn't mm-hmm. want to admit that I had it. And I was like, no, I'm just like not doing well because I'm not doing well, not because of anything that's happening. And I was never, I think part of it was that I was never suicidal. So it didn't really square um, with how I saw depression in my head. Um, or I was like, no, like for, like for other people, this would be depression, but for you, it's just like you being like lazy or stupid, you know, whatever, or like, you know, just like not being able to get out of bed, like whatever that is. Um, and, um, so I really resisted being medicated for a while. And I think kind of the helpful thing with bipolar is you don't really get the option to not be medicated. I mean, I know some people do choose to go for go without it and like whatever works for you but in my experience like with my like brain chemistry since so much of bipolar is like a chemical thing it's not like how you can kind of like tell yourself a depression like oh if like if I just do x y and z things will get better if I just sleep more like whatever so -hmm. that was really helpful being like okay like this is something that is an illness that requires medication but yeah I mean the anger with having a chronic illness starting when you're 22 years old is like so real you're just like this like this is not like this is just not fair (laughs) and and then Maria because because so so did you know about bipolar disorder type 2 and the differences when you were watching Anna go through this or were you just kind of like this is bipolar uh it's hard to say now um well, I never officially got a bipolar one or bipolar two diagnosis. I just say bipolar two now because it 
from what I've read, it just definitely mm-hmm. seems like that's what it, what it is because my manic episode was my hype. Sorry, my hypo manic episode was months and months long. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like that's probably more accurate. But I'm trying to. I don't. I mean, I certainly when Anna got her diagnosis, I read, and when she was just having her manic episode before the official diagnosis, like I definitely read quite a bit about it. But I don't know. I don't remember ever like really. I don't know that I understood the difference that well. And mm-hmm. yeah, some of my symptoms were quite more akin to a manic episode. Like, um, right. I didn't really sleep much at all. I wasn't eating much at all. Um, it, it, it really like, I was up and I was very irritable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just interesting. Like, it's kind of like, it seems like my symptoms were perhaps like a bit, bit more than most people's hypomanic episodes, but just lasted for quite a bit longer, if that makes sense. And I think and it's like a spectrum, right? I don't think yeah, really yeah. find it and stuff. Yeah. It's so hard to know too, because obviously like how I was experiencing it in my head is probably very different to how people perceive me is very different from how like other people like experience it mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, I feel like it wasn't as aware because I remember like yeah. when it started, I read the book Marbles, like when Maria's um like manic hypomanic episode started, I read the book Marbles and like I was like, oh, like this is what like fun mania feels like basically. Like this mm-hmm. is how it can feel to like actually enjoy your manic episode, as opposed to like the books that we read when I was manic was like um Kay Jameson's like an unquiet mind where yeah. it was like really yeah. intense and like really dark basically with um, like psychosis etc exactly and so I I feel like we hadn't like done that much looking into bipolar too because I just didn't have it and yeah. our family well at least our mom had hoped that because mine was triggered by Zoloft it wouldn't happen for Maria oh. I was fairly certain that it like something might happen because it's so um like there's like a 60 percent chance yeah. if you're a twin that your twin will get it okay um not as like contagious but like the genes yeah are yeah, such yeah. a big part of it yeah. um so. we will not give it to our friends don't worry yeah, yeah. <laughs> not unless you want it <laughs> well, um, yeah. Yeah. but yeah um, interesting uh, where did um and this is like maybe just for like my own curiosity like being the retired party girl slash still party girl that I am where did your mania and partying come into play like do like you guys were diagnosed like you know you're in the states mm-hmm. turn 21 you're right. like I can finally go out I can finally drink yeah. blah, 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 and like you know you just want to be like everybody else did did you fall into anything like that and with mania should I answer this one Nana? you can go first yeah yeah so for me I don't drink and I never have and I didn't while I was manic I did smoke one time, um, but that for, so smoke weed, just smoke, sorry, yeah, smoke weed. I've never (laughs) smoked anything else. I've never done anything besides smoke or take an edible. Um, and that I only did it once when I was hypomanic, but, um, I, and I didn't get high, unfortunately. Um, but, You might have. I mean, it's hard to know your first time, but sorry, keep going. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, don't, I was there, so I think you were a little high, but it's okay. Everyone <laughs> has opinions, um, but, you know. <laughs> but, um, but I did go out quite a bit, and I, I always 
have been that way and I I really do enjoy I like to dance and go to karaoke and just hang out with people but this when I was um hypomanic it was another level and Mm -hmm. I was going out and then going home with people it to to like a way that I never had before and haven't really since um but yeah and because hypersexuality was one of my symptoms and the big one of the big ones yeah one of the big ones but again like it's just it's so hard to parse out the differences because you're in your early 20s and so like I had just broken up with my boyfriend of five and a half years I came out as queer like I was trying (laughs) like um like polyamory for the first time so like I was just kind of like really like hype and then doing like a bunch of like super reckless things but it was just kind of like heightened like I think I would have had like a similar summer if just not as risky not as risky and like and like much lower lower level I Um, think your like standards would have been a little bit different if you hadn't been totally and I would have slept more like I would go out and then come home and just like swipe on tinder for like hours and then wake up and be like guess I'm gonna go hook up with this like orthodox Jewish guy in Brooklyn like that wouldn't have happened normally yeah Yeah. like Like, I had so little consideration for myself and my safety like I I could tell you stories that like literally like I'm not going to because my mom could listen to this but like it would like freak her the fuck out and like anyway it freaked out all my friends like they were like Mm -hmm. please don't bring like your ID or like or like your credit card to like X Y and Z like date because no, like yeah. I think your identity is stolen and I was like blah 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 like I'm just having the yeah. summer of my life oh, you yeah. know so, I yeah. feel like like one of yeah. the big things that made it different was like the like like usually me and Marie are so in tune with like each other and like each other's feelings yeah. and what each other wants and like I would be like hey like this is concerning and I'm sure I'm sure I didn't phrase it as like nicely as that and and Marie would be like don't care and I'd be like oh this is really different like usually it's like if yeah. I have a concern Maria's like I'm here I'm listening like you're my number one person we just like we're not yeah. each other's number one person during all of this and that was really hard no and I didn't have one that's like and I don't think Anna had like she had her boyfriend but like I just was like adrift like I was just like every yeah. morning yeah. that I had was just like nobody wanted to deal with it and nobody yeah. could because I wasn't dealing with it myself so yeah, like right. And yeah. I'm saying Anna did want it, but like the way that she, the only way that you could have, if you loved me, like deal with it would have been like treatment. And I didn't want that. So yeah, like, right. they're just like, they're just like, like I've, I've, we've talked about this before, but like I've never felt as lonely yeah. while being like surrounded by like a ton of people and feeling very confident, but like, so I felt so alone that summer. Yeah, right. Whatever. It lasted forever too. Right. Like that was yeah. the thing. It was like months, and we were all like, "Is it supposed to last this long? Like, what's <laughs> yeah. happening?" You're kind of um, like the barometer, where you're like, "So, <laughs> if you guys kind of have sort of similar personalities, and then like something right. like yeah. happens, and you're like, oop this we're is both, all, we're both also incredibly stubborn as part of it too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. well, yeah, which like it was just mm-hmm. obviously heightened. In terms of myself, though, um, in terms of like drinking and stuff like that, I. Like was same as right. Like we, did, I didn't drink until I turned twenty two. Like so, I started like nine months before I like was diagnosed probably, and I, and I didn't drink that that much. Um, I was also living at home during all of this, so it wasn't a huge deal. But afterwards, like I, I had like definitely like a very like kind of reckless summer afterwards. Like some of the only times I've ever blacked out were that summer afterwards. I was like pushing back on the idea that like my life had to be any different because of, um 
because of the diagnosis and also just like kind of being new to drinking I just wasn't great at like gauging how much I should be drinking and like mm-hmm. I actually want to remember that chance Snapper concert yes I did but it did not happen for me and yeah. um yeah, stuff like totally. that so, so many concerts like that I'm like I spent like <laughs> oh, 75 dollars really? and I don't remember yeah, I was so oh, mad I was yeah. like yeah I was like did you need to do double shots of tequila like beforehand probably not but yeah. um yeah so like, that was a bummer but yeah I mean I was like the partying stuff like I feel like I've always been like I like to go out and dance but I'm like never like I get really anxious in social situations so like drinking helps with that but um I was never like yeah like Maria's definitely more like confident in those situations than I am so like I really enjoy them but I have to hype myself up a lot anyways yeah 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 that's really interesting thank you both for sharing yeah about that I mean yeah when I was uh hypomanic and not being treated or maybe was being treated I don't even remember it's a blackout totally. year right. yeah when totally. I lived downtown and worked for the beauty industry and you know you don't like you're not really eating you're like drinking mm-hmm. Savon Blanc like out of the like huge like liter bottles and, yeah. like, <laughs> and like yeah. you know all you care about is like meeting your your not like a fix but like meeting that like energy level like you just need to like get that energy out and like I remember like so many people doing like hard drugs and things like that and like in like the club and stuff or like people like friends of friends and stuff like that and I was always like no no and I used to laugh and go well I bet you five bucks I'll stay up later than you right you know (laughs) and then like you just end up kind of like drunk for a few days but yeah what else you can't sleep so you could either lie in bed not sleeping or you could be out like moving things you probably should never be doing yeah exactly I understand that yeah my my hypomania looked so different because I guess I was like so artsy yeah I would like stay up and like write songs and like do yeah yeah I'm a genius like I I don't go out that sounds fun yeah mine was like yeah mine was so depressing mine was like I would stay with like my like semi like like very unhealthy relationship with my boyfriend Mm -hmm. and just like talk and like be like oh wow like I guess every relationship before this one was like Yes. I was like sexually assaulted except for by you when in reality it was probably quite the opposite and then mm-hmm. like crying about like it was just like so dark oh my god <laughs> like, it was like such a dark oh time my god, for me I do literally I, know, I took like 20 have... baths a day <laughs> I literally have uh, a lyric I think that's like uh after sex I cried in the bath calling in vain for my ex I, I, I've cried in so oh, many people's bathtubs I took so many, I just say that and like the and the way that I knew that I was like something literally I like admitted to myself something was wrong was I like stayed up like all night and then like forgot to like use the restroom and just like pissed myself in my bed and I was like oh this is a problem now it's not fun anymore like yeah. or like now now it's like not like something by like or I like wrote like 20 letters to like different people in my mm-hmm. life some of them had not been in my life for quite some time and I was like mm-hmm. mom I gotta send them out like this is what we're doing today and she's like why are you up at 3 a.m doing this like what is happening but yeah, yeah. I, I wish I had relate like, to a- that a little bit more because I was definitely also like a person who would just like meet people and be like blah here's my whole life now yeah, sure, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I like sort of, I like decided yeah. and it was I mean and in fact we 
this is what happened but like me and my like then boyfriend got engaged during that time period mm-hmm. like there's no ring but I like went, did a lot of ring browsing my mom was like you're not buying one so like keep browsing like she gave me like an old ring of hers to be like here's yeah, your her engagement ring. ring she was, yeah. it was so sweet I lost it I'm sorry mom but and like I, when I was in the hospital like I was like everyone like I'm engaged like we're all y'all are invited to the wedding like I called everyone in my life when I got home was like I'm engaged and they were all like okay cool like to this guy that we don't know and like he seems kind of like not great like okay like good mm-hmm. to know like I was obviously like out of my mind I told so. I had a very similar relationship really? like yeah. that. so I totally yeah we're engaged yeah. like yeah and you're just like this is good uh, a lot you've of, been like, together calls for to less make. than a year and you're mm-hmm. just and and yeah. everyone's like please leave him and you're like and all your what friends if yeah, all your friends hate him <laughs> yeah, like, yeah what if instead of leaving here? him I get married to him <laughs> hey, yeah. is, this the, is this the guy that we talked about last night on live yes that's oh, funny because the guy that we talked about last night on live for me also like proposed to me. We were like 17 and I was like, oh, gosh. Ah. Anyways, it turns out he Good ended up being bipolar too. And I and I Amazing, was bipolar yeah. and like we were just really struggling together <laughs> you, and not knowing. Do you all feel like you attract people with mental illness into your life? Yes. Yeah. I feel like I definitely am like, if you don't have anxiety and or depression, we can't be friends because we won't understand each other. Yeah. Well, and I started, oh, sorry. oh, I was just going to say, yeah, the people that I've attracted in my life, like, yeah, there's like mental health concerns and like mental illnesses, but we all have like a different type. So we all kind yeah, of like, I, right. Mm-hmm. you know, like it, it's, yeah. it's really interesting, but yeah, except for Sarah, Sarah's the only other and you guys are the only other bipolar people. And that's why I'm always so excited to talk with Sarah and talk yeah. with you guys. Cause yeah. it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You too. Yeah. Well, cause <laughs> that's the same for us. Like we're the only bipolar friends that we know of or friends of bipolar. Well, we, that's not true. Nan- Nanners, we have, we've had one on the podcast before. That's true. That is true. Okay. Sorry. Like that we knew of though. It's like, we started the podcast, mm-hmm. like people like, came out of the woodwork a little bit, but mm-hmm. we had like, we did like a whole month on like OCD awareness with like interviews and we filled up a whole month. We're like, which is our friends, which yeah. is our friends. And we were like, like close oh. friends. Yeah. <laughs> like if you haven't we been had in no therapy, idea. you're not in the fresh group. Apparently. <laughs> like, yeah. We had no like, idea. Yeah. yeah. I, also, yeah. People feel a lot more comfortable coming to you and talking to you about their mental health struggles or their mental illnesses yeah. because yeah. of about how open like you guys are and like and people just like want to confide in you and tell you everything and you're like oh okay um what I really wanted to know is what inspired you to start this podcast so like for Sarah and I it was you know I was like hey I don't I haven't heard anybody in in business talk about mental illness and mental health Mm -hmm. and I want to be that voice for people and Sarah being a mental health advocate is like yeah let's do this (laughs) I started like four or five podcasts before that have like two episodes so I'm well congratulations yeah I know I was like I can't do this on my own or with my depressed ass friend yeah yeah so it was just like yeah very it's I'm very bad at organizing or like yeah I just anyway so I was like yeah, yeah. Well, it was Lana's idea <laughs> and you say that but I forget it being my idea I trust you that it happened but I'm just no, like yeah because we were um well 
uh, I so I Maria tried to start a podcast when I was hypomanic with two of my friends and I bullied them into like Mm. recording I wouldn't say bullied they could have said no earlier if they wanted to we recorded a session it was terrible audio um (laughs) we recorded like on their bed Mm -hmm. so I was really dumb um but I was quite I like t- I think I talked over them and they were the hosts like for a lot of it, which is pretty embarrassing. But... Yeah, I think you're supposed to be listening and they were supposed to be. <sighs> Anywho, it's not embarrassing. You couldn't help uh, it. Yeah, I couldn't help it. Um, if someone had like tr- like seizures, you wouldn't be like, oh my god, they had a fucking seizure in the middle of the recording. How embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but uh, so, anyways, um, New Year's Eve, twenty, turning into the year twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Anna was like, my nearest resolution is for us to actually do this podcast. And I was leaving in a month to go to Los Angeles. So we knew that that would be kind of our way, one of our ways to keep in touch. And we also, similar to you all, didn't think there was, when I when we first got diagnosed, we were both looking for any sort of media to help mm-hmm. us feel less alone and explain what was going on. And we felt like we podcast wise there didn't seem to be anything you all hadn't started making yours yet yeah and um and so that we really wanted it and we thought we had a pretty good um reason for perspective and perspective because I work in reality tv production so I had like the production background to do the technical stuff Anna works on a crisis hotline and a lot of despite it being a sexual assault hotline a lot of her calls are um from people who are going through mental um, illness struggles and, and also ptsd is a mental illness so that's a lot of it too yeah, it's um, yeah um and so we we just started making episodes and we just kept doing it over and over again until we finally got something that we liked because anna we we're i'm sure you all felt this way as well and um jess you like keep your last name um private and yeah. so we both were pretty nervous about it affecting our professional careers. I still don't right. have it on my resume or my website or anything like that. Um, and so and I still haven't like, like if people are friends with me on Facebook at work, they right. know about it, but I've never brought it up at work. Yeah. My diagnosis. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So we just felt like there was a space for it and a need and, and any, and anything else that you want to add to that? Um. No, it took yeah, us a just, year to, to, to finally release it. Yeah, we were just really nervous. But it's been, like, so rewarding. And the amount of, like, response that we've gotten from people in our lives who, like, we didn't know were bipolar before or, like, who know someone who's bipolar um, or or has bipolar disorder, however they want to say it. Um, and also just from strangers. Like, I think the other thing, too, is we wanted to make it less scary. Like, a lot of the media right. on bipolar disorder is, like, yeah and then like I like and then like my whole life was kind of difficult and then like uh like I wanted to die like the whole time and yeah like, oh, that's a fun like outlook on this diagnosis right. you know like that's just like not really like what we wanted to hear um and like what we, what we needed personally um yeah so just having like a more like <laughs> Ellen Forney who came on our podcast she wrote marbles um and she has bipolar disorder and she described as bright and sparkly and so I think we have kind of if you probably people can tell it's a bit more of like a 
I hate saying comedic. I'm going to, okay. So one time I was pitching, we were pitching a show to National Geographic at a, at a company I used to work for. And they literally, this, the executive producer was like, um, so Nat Geo doesn't do comedy, but we do do humor. So I would say like a humorous, <laughs> do a humorous take on it. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, it's, I, it's quite funny. Yeah. It's quite well, stupid. Yeah. yeah. Also similar to you too. Like I, if, I, if I was doing it myself, it would never have happened. Um, and like, if Maria was doing it, like it's, she said, like they would have run out of like episode ideas after like three episodes. Like we just have a very good working relationship but we're very lucky that way. Um, and we're also like able to be like very honest with each other about things that aren't working early and stuff like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I can't start something and not finish it. Jess, I think you're kind of similar. I like kills me. I, it kills me but I think what happens is that I start something and then I get so excited and then I start another thing and I get so excited sure yeah I keep piling things on my plate and then I'm like when will they end (laughs) (laughs) and I have a nervous breakdown (laughs) this is the thing so you are like that because I feel like you're like guess what? I have a new hobby. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Cool. Sounds fun. Um, and I do like, I do stick to things. I've been a musician for like 12 years and it's honestly kind of awful. (laughs) I am not, I started doing pole dancing. I have, I'm the sweatiest person in the studio. I'm not strong. Like for me, I'm like, I, I start something. I want to finish it. However, it's hard to start things for me. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay, so we're yeah. kind of the opposite. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're the yeah. opposite. I'm yeah. more the just then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just like to start everything. And then I'm like, oh, wow, this is a lot of work, guys. I know. Hey? I'm like, okay. And then I just have nervous breakdowns. And then my friends are like very, very supportive. And they're like, well, let's take this off your plate. All and right. let's revisit let's... it another time. <laughs> and let's take this off your plate. I just get hypomanic and want to do everything. And I want to prove to people that I don't have bipolar disorder and that I can be like everybody else and blah, blah, blah. And I'm in denial still after having this for 11 years. Yeah. It's I love that your wife is proving that you don't have bipolar disorders to do something that's like extremely symptomatic. Of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Also, I've been I'm doing new hobbies, like because I'm not bipolar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, gotcha. And you know what? I think that the fact that I've been like uh, an advocate for longer and um, Mm -hmm. maybe like under like stable treatment for longer, yeah, has helped out because sure, like maybe if you tried to do this when I was 23 or something, like it, no, I wouldn't be able to do it. but like I went through the sort of whole thing of, I mean, first of all, being a musician is a lot about being honest with people um, and just putting yourself out there. And then, so it was, a, it was a slow process of me um, talking about it. And then I, I mean, and then I did it for my job and I yeah. uh, was just like a very, I feel like I, don't, I was very qualified, but like, right, but like yeah. I'm just like, yeah. I'm very, I do this a lot. And yeah. so I really wanted to do a podcast. And I think that just this, because I've, this is, was a kind of a perfect situation because here's the thing is that Jessica, Jessica puts so many things on her plate, but I have reached the point where I don't, I like no longer gotcha. do that. I yeah. like understand that I, that I can, um, 
only do so many things and I really like scale it all back. And then with the pandemic, I lost my job. So that was like, I had nothing then. Like I had nowhere to be nothing. And so I think this podcast gave me like a lot of hope and like, um, a lot and like a purpose in in a lot of ways because I like lost anything that I did, especially because the pole studio closed as well. Like I was just like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Yeah. And so, so it, I think that, yeah, we're, we're both in a good position to like, to do what, which part of the podcast we do, like we'll do a a little pump up. And then if, if, um, if it, if it, I think like if something is freaking her out and she just wants to take it out of the podcast or whatever, I'll be like, Hmm, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Um, yeah. So, so it's, I think it's like also to do with like, yeah, how long we've been doing what we're doing, but yeah, speaking of like work-life balance, like I, cause I, haven't since I was diagnosed like by a real psychiatrist in the hospital and started taking medication I've never had a full-time job since Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to I like and for me suicide is a big symptom of my sorry suicide attempts being suicidal is a big symptom for me and so I just feel like my one of my very good friends said like going if going to work is life or death like choose life like don't go to Seriously, work totally <laughs> yeah. yeah and so that's how I've been able to justify it even though it's very hard because yeah you want to be independent and I like I'm I am supported by a lot of different people uh you know guilt galore um sure. but uh but I just have never, I've never been able to work uh, a mm-hmm. full time, like n- whatever it is, n- nine to five or whatever the schedule is. Sure. Um, since, I mean, I, I was able to do touring because that was like a week at a time and then we had right. time, but yeah. Right. Um, but you guys both have <laughs> jobs. In two. <laughs> two. Like in two. Oh in two. Like. both of your jobs are heavy like it's true yeah like okay like Anna I don't know how you do it like the sexual assault like hotline like I would that would trigger me like every single time I don't know how you I don't know how you do that and also like being in LA and being in like working like ridiculous hours yeah yeah yeah. hours hours. oh my goodness you guys have some really heavy jobs like how do you do it okay well first of all I want to say fuck capitalism so like yes, the fact that right. you feel compelled to work and like the fact that you don't see like making a podcast and like creating music as like valid work that like deserves like recognition is ridiculous like that is really hard to do and like fuck the idea like you have to work 40 hours oh a my week. god Sarah so, literally like- <laughs> some people's job is to be the co-host of a podcast that's their full-time job that's so what you're doing and, um and even if you were just all- sitting at home like not yeah. harming anyone or yourself yeah. like then you'd be fucking nailing it so like that's first of all like it's a failure of like our support systems that like yeah. you can't full time do that anyways so totally. point that out so um I feel like in terms of like yeah like why did we choose such like intense jobs like great question um I didn't like I was a history major in college I thought I was gonna be a lawyer which was like a confusing like thing to like think of. but our like, whole family is lawyers and engineers, lawyers, so, it's engineers. Not so like that man. was what was supposed to happen but um I mm-hmm. thought I was gonna be like a human rights lawyer like a death penalty um 
That would have been cool. Oh, and I'm kind of a little annoyed you didn't do that. I know, seriously. If only I could, like, fucking make it. Do you it. all have the death penalty in Canada? No. No. Oh, no. Not sure. Okay. Long. No. I like how, I like how Sarah's like, no. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's I completely fucked. So. that you guys have that, some info. Well, yeah, too. it's not all, well, I'm like, hey, yeah, all states. It's not all states. It's not all states. It's not all states. Yeah, a lot of states have like believe, yeah, have so. like ad hoc decided not to do it, but it's not even like most of those states still have the option, which is horrifying. And federally, it's anyways different podcast. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah. That, but yeah. But what I was gonna say is so, and then when I got to college, I was like, oh, I can't handle that. Like, I literally, I can't have that kind of like myself being in charge of like my studies kind of thing. Like, um. So I like we started to work. I don't know. I don't know why like this appealed to me, but I was always like we like we were always very like um feminists, although like obviously that's a kind of a problematic term, but like very like like aware of like injustice, I guess, and like our role in it. And so um, And sorry not to interrupt in but we we grew up like um in a very like in a in the air in the Washington DC area it's quite politically um, aware politically and, like, aware and also the, the school we went to um in yeah. elementary school and middle school moral education was like quite highly valued and for whatever reason Anne and I like really bought into it and so wow. yeah. it was a Christian school but not Catholic it was Episcopalian so I think the whole time like, like service is a really big part we, of that. we're having like philosophical debates with like our elementary school friends mm. and like um we were always I thought I was going to be a nun we were always like so aware yeah, of like we both because <laughs> uh, it's so cool but like so aware <laughs> of like um not to be like I don't think that we've always like lived up to it but like of like what would you know like what would what's, start, right what's the golden rule like what do unto others and stuff yeah. like that and so but like then you have to college and like learning about consent and we had a sexual assault hotline at our college and me and maria wow. both were on it and i was like oh like we were in college I, when took, black like, lives matter start, was like, happening started yeah yeah and, but but i wanted to be younger than me too like, that's <laughs> i will say me too started in 20 like the, the september where i got my job but i would already been applying for that stuff beforehand and i think it was like a number of things like like just like being drawn to I'm not sure, quite sure what was like the draw and people have asked me before I'm like I'm not really sure but I knew I was good at it and there's a lot of like problem solving there are no deadlines on a crisis hotline like you just have to like mm-hmm. get on there like solve the problems listen to people's stories which I like love doing and like that's like the podcast thing too right just like a bunch of storytelling mm-hmm. um and they get out but like yeah the work-life balance has been hard I started doing grad school part-time this semester too as like a for social work school and um it's just really like constantly when you're bipolar I feel like you're just like oh right self-care is important like I do need to do like those yeah. certain things like I do need to get outside once a day like I do need to like you're just constantly being like oh yeah the, the, the stakes of like not taking care of yourself are like rather high I'm like yes I go to therapy uh once every two weeks now and you see once a week but financially that wasn't really possible so once yeah. every two weeks and um like I like that is really important to me and like those sort of things but I don't know I, I I honestly I think like I don't know why this is the lifestyle that like but like I do better when I'm busy like if I'm not busy I am filling my time with like nothing you know I I totally get you because like my job was to I mean we went and we performed to high school students but then afterwards all the high school students would come up and we would 
you know, I just like I would talk you. to them and like, yeah. it, it was a very like present job because yeah. we would tour ridiculous hours, but then when we come home, we had, we had the rest yeah. I, and I really like, because they track my mood sometimes, like some of my absolute best moods were when I was on tour doing two yep. shows a day yep. and like just, yeah, it, like helping, busy. Helping, helping people, mm-hmm. teenagers and yeah. And like, yeah, what could be better? Yeah. And be, and like singing. And so I, right. I totally get that. Like what, you know, sort of like idea of being present, being there for other people is, it feels a lot better than like working in a coffee shop and being like, here's your Americano. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's more engaging work with like not with meaning but like work with like things that like really drive you yeah and a desk job didn't work for me like when I I had like an internship right after I got out of the hospital it's so funny like I just like both of us are like oh yeah you're just like you have to be doing something all the time Mm -hmm. so like right after I out of the hospital like it was like a week after no, like the, like the weekend after I ended in my, mm-hmm. uh, my outpatient program, I was like back at work, which probably was too soon. But I did so poorly because I was like, they were like, oh, just like start this project, like take it to fruition. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, okay, so it's not going to get done then. I don't know what else to tell you. Like, I'm yeah. like, do, do, do. like, maybe this is good. Like, it, it just like wasn't happening. So uh, this like workplace works really well for me. And um, yeah, I don't know. I was lucky that I found it. It was like not really a guarantee that that would have happened. So yeah sorry Marie you got talked for way too long about that no um uh why did I go into tv (laughs) production um let's see so we we went to a film uh summer camp PIC summer camp if anyone's from the DC area um and I loved it and then I became a film counselor and then mm-hmm. I became the director of the program at the camp it's funny though because it was such a fluke like this is like such a twin thing I don't know if yeah. I don't know if this but like we just like showed up for work the first day and we were like the interns basically like whatever the camp like counselors and train yeah, sort of, counselor, yeah or like staff assistants what it was called and so yeah. um we just like showed up to work and the boss like okay Marie you go to film Anna you go to athletics and we were both and like can we the- switch and they're like no and we're like fuck and then so for the rest of our yeah. lives though like that was my identity for like four years after that was like athletics counselor and maria was like film counselor I know this is like classic twin shit where someone who's in charge of you can't tell you apart and they're like <laughs> yeah. this is your life now and you're like we <laughs> like, like, from a volleyball team because our coach was like we can't have two twins on the volleyball team and we're like oh well, we're not yeah. that good but also like fuck you that's like, nice. that's um, great yeah. oh my goodness okay yeah, yeah there's so many weird things like that um but Anywho, so I really enjoyed it. And then I took film classes in high school and lucky enough to do so. And then in college, I was a film and sociology double major. You all do. Yeah, they do majors in Canada. That's correct. Yeah. Our sister went to school in McGill. I should know. And then, um, (laughs) sorry. And then, uh, and then uh, I was really, I didn't think I could get a job after college because I didn't have any internships during college. I worked during the summers. Cause I had yeah. to, to make money and at a camp at the camp. And, um, I was just like, what the, like, how the fuck am I going to get a job in this field? And one alumni from the school reached out to like one professor from my school and was like, Hey, does anyone, I work in TV. Would anyone in your, in your classes be interested? And just like, 
oh yeah this one girl wants to do it or whatever and I was like okay I like I made like obviously a ton of short films and stuff but like anywho so then he got me like one job on like a true crime series set and then that led to like one more job and I was like didn't know what the fuck I was doing but I was um, entry level I don't know why I'm telling this whole story but then I got (laughs) I got a full-time job I don't know again I'm not I just I don't know I was applying to I saw it in like oh he added me to a bunch of like Facebook groups I saw this job in a Facebook group I applied the woman who hired me like happened to know about the high school program I went to and was like that's a good program even though this girl doesn't have any experience she might be able to do it and then I got paid pennies and I worked there for a year that's the National Geographic Mm -hmm. not National Geographic but I was working for a production company that pitched shows National Geographic and that was a desk job for the most part and so Mm -hmm. um I worked eight hour days um and that was fine and I wasn't I wasn't bipolar um diagnosed yet and I didn't have any episodes or anything like that and then I started going freelance and after that and so I would work on sets almost exclusively and those are 12 12 and a half hour days Mm -hmm. and so that is how I started speeding up was I was working on a night shoot a night shoot because it's a horror film yeah and I was working until 12 p.m at night and then or 12 a.m at night and then commuting home and then coming back at um like 11 a.m in the morning Mm -hmm. and so I started speeding up and who knows what other factors there were I think I might have started speeding up before that but it's a big one it's a big one and um and so then I just did whatever for the whole summer I worked on a lot of different shoots I did I'm like name dropping like crazy right now but I just happened (laughs) to be doing these things I worked on like a show for uh like the for National Geographic where like I literally stayed up until like three in the morning and then um like went (laughs) and to like the hotel room of a guy on on the shoot afterwards and just like crashed at his hotel because it was closer and like with him even though he was married which I didn't realize until I got to the hotel room and then um yeah a scandal and then um, yeah this is their podcast though who's listening to it and then um like sorry allegedly a lot of people are listening to it so I'm so sorry that we know hypothetically that happened hypothetically yeah who's to say and then um and then anyway sorry so I was on a shoot again like on location in Virginia when I got the strep throat got really bad. And then as soon as I came back, I went to the hospital. And then no, like, no, it just, no. It wasn't as soon as you came back, you like couldn't finish the shoot. And so you had like, we're like, no, I, I finished the shoot. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were like, I was driving the cars back. No, but I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm talking. I, I work, I work really intense hours. You're correct. And yeah, I've done this that, how do you always match that with like your, your bipolar. Cause like, I'm so I sorry. My, this guy, my doctor, no, no, my doctor <laughs> might be listening right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's always like Jessica. He's like, I'm not like, we're not doing anything until you get that eight hours of sleep. You get that right. sleep schedule. Right. You eat right. right. You like right. move your that body the a little bit. And, like yes. go outside and like you know create a <laughs> solid foundation for yourself. And yeah. So like, how do you guys create a solid foundation? Okay. For yes. Yes. So focusing. Great, that question. Anyone wants hours. to go into the film industry now? They have a good know how to how to do that. But besides, join Facebook groups. Okay. Um. So <laughs> basically, I prioritize sleep over literally everything else in my life. So um, okay. if I'm not sleeping eight and mostly nine hours, if I'm not sleeping eight hours, I 
cut out everything else. So, like that it's means worthless of it, yeah, yeah. That means like I'm I because the ser I take Seroquel and it makes me so groggy in the morning if I don't get eight hours of sleep. So I literally like can't operate a vehicle really. So like I need to drive to work or I used to before COVID, and so. I yeah it's just like I just get enough sleep and I take my medication every day and like I it just that's just how I have to do it and um so it's possible to do in the film industry yeah because you're working your 12 and a half hour days and then either you're on location so you go back to your hotel room right after Mm -hmm. or you come home and then you eat dinner and then you go to sleep like like yeah you also don't do night shoots anymore I don't, sorry, I don't do night shoots anymore. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. So, like, no, both okay. of us are in industries where nights are, like, it's a 24-hour hot that mm-hmm. I work on. So, in theory, I could be working overnights, but I, like, made the decision to not do that mm-hmm. after doing a few of them. And then no. being, yeah. like, oh, like, because I am such, like, we're both this way, but I am such a person where it's, like, oh, like, someone needs to do something, I'll just do it. I'm, like, I'll just volunteer. Like, I'm, yeah. like, so that way. So, like, there was one time where, like, I was, like, someone had called out of a shift and there's there's gonna be no supervisor on that shift which can't happen like it's a 24 7 hot and people have to be on it right so mm-hmm. I was like oh I'll take half of it like the other my friend will take the other half and then there was like a training the next day at like 10 a.m so I worked from like three to seven I was supposed to go to sleep beforehand but I couldn't fall asleep I don't want to take my right. quill and yeah. like not be able to get up for it you know like that, uh, that whole dance that course. you do and yeah. then and then I like you know and then I like walked to the office I was like oh I was like need to like walk off this like sleepiness like I'll like wake up on the walk home in hindsight I was like setting myself up for a manic episode I was very lucky that didn't happen but I was very close to it and then I like went to the training and then that day I like and I got to the training and they were like why did you even show up like you like worked last night and I was like fuck you guys like I showed up like because I like thought like because you told me I had to like yeah I was like and I went home from my boss email I was like I will no longer be taking overnight shifts like even if there's no supervisor I I am not going to be called upon to do that and um I work the morning shift over 7 a.m to 3 p.m so I do go to bed fairly early um but it's just maybe very like have to be very intentional about setting boundaries which is so hard to do obviously but just being like you know what it'll get done if I don't do it it'll get done and it's not on me to Mm -hmm. do it so like that's kind of what I've been doing and it's definitely a work in progress but like it is possible it is possible to work like 40 hours a week for me at least and do it I just need to be like okay I'm only working these 40 hours I am not working like if I'm picking up hours here I'm cutting them somewhere else I'm just like because no one's going to do it for you. No one's going to tell you to stop working. <laughs> like, that just doesn't oh, happen. Oh, yeah, that's right? very yeah. true, yeah. So, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's... place that does, like, that's a problem, so. I mean, yeah. so I, like, I, I always, I've been disclosing my bipolar at, at all my workplaces. Um, I mean, obviously, at this point. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure if, if you Google me, that's, like, all that comes up, but... Um, <laughs> I know we're lucky that our names are my name is impossible to google yeah they can't find me so no. there's like, Duke is like very one, few yeah. people with my name which is good for being a musician but like right yeah, like hard for a, a coffee shop yeah. you're like I'm reliable um but <laughs> yeah I guess... maiden name you can find me right away with my maiden name but with my new married Ooh, name just like Ooh. there's like Clever. there's Clever. nothing and I'm like beautiful yeah, smart. Good, 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 good finding. Good finding. And now don't do anything for the rest of the time. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah. But I was gonna say, um, Sarah, Sarah's taught me so much, and without Sarah, um, I wouldn't know 
balance, like work-life balance and mm-hmm. being okay <laughs> to like, have do. A I don't do. know. I do. I like have you're that, like Jessica, job. like you don't need to do all that. Like, you know, like you could just focus on like what's super important right now. And I'm like, yeah. oh, well, I, I guess the six things on my list, like really like four of them aren't really like super, super yeah. important right now. Like feeding myself, taking my medication. Those mm-hmm. are like the two most important. Right. Things. Exactly. Totally. I did bring up capitalism in our last episode. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> not to sound like someone who has a septum piercing, but I do have a septum piercing and capitalism. <laughs> capitalism. No, fuck it. Like, capitalism. It sucks. And like, yeah. And like, like I was saying, like, like your, uh, your workplace to like, to them like you are labored to be extracted like mm-hmm. that is your place. and I am lucky enough to work on a unionized yeah. I, I am no longer unionized because I am a fucking like sellout manager now so mm-hmm. I like don't I'm not part of that but like like if <laughs> just from, like a behind the scenes perspective if if you like they don't <laughs> your mental health even at a nonprofit that is yep. focused around yep. like mental health right like your mental health is not the priority. The priority is like the survivor's mental health. And like, and like, and and honestly, like keeping the thing going for whoever is making six figures in the C-suite. So like mm-hmm. just knowing like for the C-suite. I love that. I don't think that's even called that a nonprofit, but like, you know, the people in charge. Like, I think VPs, it, yeah. like, they are making money and you are not. And like yeah. just like remembering that and being like they don't they don't view themselves as owing you anything like mm-hmm. to them like they they owe you a, a paycheck and that is per like it so um and I think I as I've gotten like also like further along in my career and become and more, more aware my worth, yes um I'm super okay with being like the hours on my timesheet are the hours I'm working and anything right. more is wage theft and I would never want anyone else to work more hours than they're getting paid for and therefore I'm not going to if I have to film out a timesheet which means that I don't get healthcare benefits I will not be working any more than that amount of time yeah. and like I'm okay with that because I think once you have that ideology out of your head like mm. capitalism is bad it's not necessary I don't need to like kill myself in order to literally kill ourselves right yep. if you have epilepsy yeah. disorder in, in order right. to do, like yeah the stakes are too to, high it's too high. high and I'm not I, I I'm not I think when I started out I was definitely like I need to do a perfect job to make and you're made to feel that way in the media industry in general but now it's like I do incredibly good work and I have a lot of shows under my belt and like I get paid exactly as much as I think I should get paid and then any and I'm not going to do any more than that because there's no reason to and the people that do as I'm sure you all are aware like burn out fairly quickly and like mm-hmm. and they're also not respected and they're like to be fair just, like, there's no need for it and it, sorry, we're making them. tv like they were making reality tv so mm-hmm. I don't like nobody's on the table you know what I mean no one's gonna if, die but even when it is life or death right like with the sexual yeah. assault hotline like yeah. the people who volunteer for everything they just get taken advantage of and and totally. that was and that is me oftentimes and that was me mm-hmm. but like people like people look down on you like that sounds bad but like don't do it because you're not doing yourself any favors you're just being looked at as the person who like is being unrealistic with their time and like if you're volunteering for everything then you're not going to do anything honestly like it just doesn't get done and so and we weren't always like that at the summer camp we worked incredibly long hours and weren't paid for it and I think that was quite a learning experience 
I mean, experience for both it, of us. In yeah. the music industry as well, like people sure. want you to perform for beer a lot or like just for, right. for exposure at your new restaurant where no one is. Like yeah. I, I can <laughs> see through you. Um, so yeah, I like never, I never play for free ever again. Um, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, I mean, it's yeah, the, the nonprofit that I worked at, I mean, I went like, I mean, I went above and beyond to, to improve sure. the program. I mean, we were yep. asked, I, I, we were asked to rewrite the script. We were asked to like do things that were way beyond what, what we were being paid, paid which is we were being paid to yeah. be the musicians when we were at the show. Like, sure. and, yeah. and like just, and I also was basically doing therapy afterwards and yeah. I was singing and sharing personal testimony for a while. I was also tap dancing on stage. It was like, Wait, so funny. I, tap dancing. I was just so like, cool. <laughs> I, I, um, and I just got paid the same amount as, as everybody else, but I was putting mm-hmm. like so much of my like heart and soul into it. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, at first I thought it paid off because we got this big grant and they're like, we're increasing everything. Like we we got all new equipment. We're doing yeah. the biggest tours ever. And then COVID happened. Literally right. every people, like pe- some people have been working in, in this program for like 12 years everyone was fired with the same email or laid off and wow. there was just and and they just and it was they were like we're canceling this program forever because we don't want to pay for the trailer that is where your equipment is it's a brand new trailer wow brand new equipment you're losing money by reselling yeah. brand new equipment and like it, it felt i felt so betrayed because yep. i put yep. so much of myself into that program and um and and like they were always like you know wow this is the best it's ever been Sarah right. you're so amazing blah 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 and then the second it that, became unprofitable yeah. yeah that they couldn't do it and and so the, I mean I would I was that was maybe one of the lowest points in mm-hmm. in the in the past long amount of, of years course, yeah and then we had the like we had the CERB, I forget what it stands for, but it was the emergency um, relief fund. Mon- relief. Okay. Yeah. And so, so um, we got $2,000 a month, I think, something like that. Oh, really? That's yeah. all? Gosh. Yeah. I think. I didn't get anything because I'm a student and I didn't, and I never didn't work. So no, they really, like, like them, they themselves, like individuals got 2000 Yeah. No, but that's so low because in the US it was $1,000 a month if you were unemployed. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Well, I'm sorry, like, a week, a week, $1,000 a week if you were unemployed. But yeah, this is different. This is like an addition to unemployment, right? No, no. Oh. It, uh, because because uh, as someone who's like self-employed or people who are like laid off, and of course we were like not laid off. It, <laughs> I don't know. Our contract yeah. was, it was all, all messed up. And so a lot of people sure. lost their jobs without being able to go on unemployment. And okay. so oh. the the government made this like patch all thing. Um, and so I was collecting $2,000 a month. And for, for me, for me, I felt like, uh, like a big weight off my chest because just because it wasn't, I wasn't like totally, you know, I felt a little bit safer. It would have been a lot better to be more than $2,000 a month because of rent right. in Vancouver. Right. Rent in Vancouver is 
in a lot of places, $2,000 a month. But um, I was just no. going to say rent in Vancouver is $2,000 a month. Yeah. Right it's like, but yeah, fortunately, yeah. I'm in like a place where I, I have some some also some other support and like I hopefully if I if I wasn't I could do disability which is not very much either but um, but sure yeah yeah but it it was just something and like when they took it away I was just like why this is nothing to you this is nothing like you don't even know what like the you know the 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 I feel like people yeah. don't even understand what, because it was $2,000 a month everywhere in Canada. So, I mean, what right. $2,000 a month do you in freaking Nova Scotia? Like, I don't know, like you can buy a house yeah. there. Like, yeah. <laughs> and no. whereas Alberta, in Vancouver, it's like, in yeah, in Vancouver, yeah. It's the most ex- one of the, I think it's the most expensive city in North America to live in. Wow. I, again, yeah. yeah. Um, and but yeah. Wow. Back on, back on track to, um like life balance I was in it was interesting to hear you guys say that you know going above and beyond and things like that and like you know you get taken advantage of and um I found that yes when I was working I think there's a time and a place to go above and beyond and to do more like to work a couple hours extra yeah um I think because the opportunities that I have now like professional opportunities and scholastic opportunities have only happened because I have gone above and beyond and created a name for myself Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't say that necessarily like people disrespect my time because of it if anything I'm seen as like I'm not tooting my own horn but I'm just saying like (laughs) I'm I'm seen as like that's the girl that can like like we can we can depend on her if need be Mm -hmm. and I I choose when I want to take it on and when I don't want to take it on but I've like Mm -hmm. you create like a like a reputation for yourself or like a name for yourself or like a Mm -hmm. title for yourself to the point where you're like okay like I did my I did my work now it's like it's my limitations and it's my my boundaries and now you're going to you you can see what I'm capable of but this is what I'm giving you so you need to respect my time. And that's just how I see it. it, it maybe I, I, that's how it is in sure. in my industry. And Sarah's shaking her head. I don't agree. But, but that's that's literally how it is. That's how it's always been in in where I've worked. That's how it's always yeah. been in my schooling. That's how it, it is. But maybe again, maybe that's just coming from business. And that's just like a little bit of a different culture. But I just couldn't see. And I understand I think where you guys are coming from. If you have bipolar and, disorder. No. Like you, you, you can do it, but yeah. I think in general, if people are listening who have bipolar disorder, it's your priority is your bipolar disorder and your mental your health. And priority is your mental health. Yeah. But I'm saying like outside of that, because like, we're not just, we're not just a bipolar disorder. We're also people that, right. you know, we're also people and individuals as well. And I like to yeah, I just like to set that, like, I'm setting these limitations and these boundaries because I have my bipolar disorder, but at the same time, I'm capable of doing this, this, and this, and maybe that's just me with my bipolar disorder and what I have in my life experience, and everyone's this, this, this is going to be completely different than what they're capable of, right? Um, But yeah, I just wanted to say that it all, it's all very, very dependent on the industry, the culture, and also what your disability is and mm-hmm. your capabilities and your 
um, boundaries. Yeah, I think for nonprofits, what can happen is, um, and like, you know, I talk a bit gay, but I, I, <laughs> I do work incredibly hard. <laughs> like, I don't say no as often as I should. But um, with nonprofits, what will happen is it will be like, if you don't do this, um, like people are going to suffer. Like you're mm-hmm. not, you know, and like, Yikes. and then it puts like that pressure. It's not explicit, but like that is the, you know, right. It's like, oh, yeah. like no one should have to do this because, right. So, like, yeah. so that I just want to like not have people be like, you're not responsible for staffing the hotline, right? Like you're not making enough money to be expected to be there 24 seven. There's mm-hmm. someone else higher up who's like, yeah, you know, and who should be like covering those gaps. Um, Definitely. And I'm just like incredibly aware, like as a manager, like I would never ask anyone to um, do work when they're not clocked in or, or to like feel responsible. Like I should be taking on more work than they are basically. Like it should always go upwards. Um, and yeah. I feel like, especially with, I don't know if this has happened with you guys, but especially um, since like June with like Black Lives Matter I have just been incredibly aware of like the fact that Mm -hmm. um the people who are making money and a lot of these situations are not indicative of the populations being served and the staffers who are doing the work are Mm -hmm. of a different like the people who are being exploited and like are the staffers right and Mm -hmm the people who are benefiting from it and getting the press and the salaries based on it um, are white. And it's just like incredibly disheartening. And, um, and the staff are the people of color. Yes, they're mostly black women at my hotline. And oh, yeah. um, I, as a white person, like try to take as much of that burden as I can off of it, but it is incredibly disheartening to see that dynamic. And it, and it makes me not want anyone like if you're lower down, don't mm-hmm. like do more than the people above you because it's not going to be paid off for you. Like you should be proving yourself obviously in any field and like demonstrating your talents, Yeah, but don't hold more of the responsibility than people above you because it is not, it is not on you to like make those things function. Yeah. You don't use, exactly. you don't use the grant they do basically. No, so yeah. you don't make yeah. The same, yeah. You don't make the same income that they do. You also mm-hmm. don't have the same responsibilities that they do. You don't have the same, yeah. um, life experience or resume that they do. No. It's just like, it's, you can't be expected to do your manager's work or your supervisor's work or someone above right. you's work. And I totally agree with that. Um, right. So yeah, thank you so much, Anna and Maria, for being on our podcast. Thank you for having us. And so for fun. sharing all of your um, insight and your stories. And it's just so nice to talk to two beautiful, lovely people <laughs> that to have bipolar disorder. And it's so nice to bounce that off. It's like, it's like you guys are like, the American version, and we're like the Canadian version. Oh, like, yeah. Just two gals. Like, you know, <laughs> channel I love it. So, thank you again. If you guys want to speak to your podcast right now, I mean, that would be really great so that our listeners can um, know where yes. to hear more about you guys. Yes. yes. So, Bipolar by Coastal, um, it's available everywhere you get your podcasts. Um, we also have, <laughs> if you've listened and you like it, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash bipolar by coastal. We release um, two new episodes a month, like, and right now we're on a break. So that's the only content that we're putting out on the Patreon. And we also have like watch parties to watch as Lady Dynamite yeah. and stuff like that. Um, oh, that's so and fun. Then we also, yeah. 
Feel free to like, join, ladies. Yeah, <laughs> the thing I'm like, the most proud of is we have like a secret Facebook group for like bipolar people. So it's facebook.com slash groups slash bipolar by coastal secret. It's like you can only get on in if we like you answer questions and we approve it. And uh, we just like chat and talk about like the daily like difficulties of like being yeah. bipolar, um, things like that. So that's been really like the best part of um I think putting this podcast out for for me at least. Yeah. And so, okay. So I don't know when this will be released exactly, but ours is, uh, our new season will start the mid, um, March and we put out two new episodes every month. Um, so bi-weekly bipolar, bicoastal, bisexuals. Um, and, (laughs) and yeah. And so, and by the time this is released, we'll also have an episode of us interviewing, Sarah and Jess so if you like them which I feel like you do you can listen to that and we have like 40 episodes in the back catalog that you can also go and listen to as well yes so many episodes great job (laughs) we do interviews yeah we do bipolar news roundups on the patreon we do reviews of bipolar media so we got a lot of stuff on there yeah that's awesome um awesome so Sarah did you want to give a shot at um at talking about our Instagram, or should I just go with the wall, wall, wall? I can do it. I, if okay. You do you Pardon? Want, you want to do it? Only if I can do the wall, 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 and then you can like. You always end up correcting me about it anyway, so okay, <laughs> I always then. say it wrong. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's time for social media talk. Wall, wall, wall. <laughs> 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 yes the the musician inside of me is always like I will replace it with a real sound but your your want want wants are beautiful um oh, so I would Sarah. never um and, <laughs> uh yeah so you can follow us on hush ush pod so at on instagram so it's like at hush ush there's only one h in the middle we Um, follow they're quite good yeah (laughs) yeah and uh if you um yeah you can message us there you can do whatever you want uh let it let us know if you want to be on the podcast and stuff and if you um have uh comments concerns feedback anything like that you can email us at hush ush pod same same spelling at gmail.com and jessica will respond and i will not see it so if you want to <laughs> insult me you can go there because i do not have the feelings for criticism anyways uh, send your this- criticism over my way i want to hear it let's talk about it let's have a good old debate yeah. about it <laughs> yeah she loves it. Okay. So yeah. And, and, um, I believe that is all of the things that we do at this point. Yeah. We started doing more. Well, we're going to start doing live videos. I don't know. We did one live video. It was fun. Um, people, I, I actually got some pretty good feedback from our like few viewers that like still, Hey, um, it was, and it was fun to do. So we might do, um, more of those. So stay tuned with that. Um, yeah. So with that being said, thank you again, Anna and Maria, for being here. And thank you for having us. Thank you so much. It was so fun. And now don't forget, be kind to all those around you because you never know what someone might be going through. And sprinkle love everywhere you go. Bye. 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 Thank you.
there. I'm obsessed with bathroom water. If you ask Nolan, he'll be like, yeah, she only drinks tap water from the bathroom. It's well, colder. It's fresher. <laughs> I feel like it depends on your house.